We express our praise and gratitude to Allah Ta'ala. We seek blessings on the Prophet, peace be upon him. Beginning a new chapter, the chapter on repentance, still within the book of miscellaneous uh, items. Okay, so we've moved from sincerity, not to repentance. Okay, go for it. Chapter 2, Repentance. The Muslim scholars said it is obligatory, uh, uh, obligatory uh, to feel penance for every sin. In case the sin is committed by the slave relates to Allah only, without involving anyone else, there are three conditions to be fulfilled for its acceptance. One, he should refrain from committing more sins. Two, he should feel remorseful for what he has done. Three, he should resolve not to indulge in such sins again. The repentance of a remorseful person will remain imperfect, even if a single condition is not fulfilled. Mm. In case the sin is committed against a person, one more condition is added to these three, namely that the repentant person should testify his acquittal by handling, by handing over back the property to the owner. In case he has accompanied someone, he must beg pardon on, of him. Mm-hmm. If he has indulged in a backbiting against someone, he should seek forgiveness of the person concerned and get it remitted. Repentance is obligatory. In the light of the Noble Quran and the traditions of the Prophet Muhammad mm-hmm. and the consensus of the opinion of the Muslim scholars, Allah the Exalted said, And all of you, beg Allah to forgive you all, O believers, that you may be successful. Seek the forgiveness of your Lord and turn to Him in repentance. Mm-hmm. O oh, you who believe, turn to Allah with sincere repentance. Uh-huh. Okay, so <clears throat> I just noticed that a, a colleague of mine is about to walk in in a second. But uh, a few things here. Repentance is very, very central. Okay. And so uh, the first thing here is that you should never lose the sense of, what is the word? The sense of remorse for when you do something wrong. Okay, you want to always have that, even to the point if you have to fake it, right? Try to have that. And then when you are seeking repentance, then there's the three-part test. Okay? It's a test of your sincerity. Number one, do you regard it as wrong? Number two, do you stop doing it? And then number three, do you hate to go back to it? Okay. If you can say yes to all three of those, uh, hold on a second, let me, let me. Okay, so yeah, so we were saying that there are, uh, the test of your sincerity is these three things. You have to regard it as wrong, you have to stop doing it, and you have to hate to go back to it as much as you'd hate to be thrown into a fire. And if you can say yes to all three of those, then your test, your request for repentance is, is sincere. And inshallah, it's accepted, meaning you're forgiven. Okay. Now, if you can't say yes to the first one, that you regard it as wrong, okay? that you're not convinced that it's wrong, but you're still asking for forgiveness, and you still should ask for forgiveness, then it, need, it means you need more knowledge. Okay? And then the second is, you know, you have to stop doing it. If you can't stop doing it, because this happens sometimes, right? There's a, you, know, you commit a sin, you're asking for forgiveness, and then you commit it again, you're asking for forgiveness, and you should keep asking for forgiveness. But uh, if you can't stop from doing it, or if you keep repeating it, then you need some sort of training. Okay? Purification, tazkiyah, purification. Like an addiction, yeah. a bad habit. Yeah. 
Yeah. Because you might have to go through like a 12-step program or something like that, okay. either within religious circles or secular circles, right? And if you can't uh, do the third one, the third one, if you can't say yes to the third one, which is you hate to go back to it, uh-huh. then it's a dual problem, a problem of knowledge and a problem of, of, of training. And this is what you find in the case, for example, with, with people who are addicted to drugs, that you're not just a, a, taking the drug, you might be in the community of drug addicts. And so um, a lot of times, if you're taking drugs, you're probably broken in some way, and you're in a community of people who are broken, who are all doing drugs together. And you'll find, in some cases, people who are recovering addicts will miss the community, right? And they kind of want to go back, right? And they'll also miss the joy of the drug, even though it might be a sick joy, it's still a joy, right? And so for that, you need more knowledge, you know, which could be the dangers of a, of a practice, and you need purification. Yeah. Now, if it's a crime or a sin you've committed against someone else, then the fourth part is that you need to get forgiven by them, which may mean that you need to fix something that, that you've broken. Okay. You may have broken a trust with them, right? You may have betrayed them. Now, that writing says that, you know, if you've backbited them, you should see forgiveness. That is not necessarily correct, because you may cause a bigger problem. So let's say, you know, I say to you, I was saying these nasty things about you behind your back, okay? One possibility could be you give me forgiveness. Another possibility could be that I make you angry, and now I've made the situation worse. Now you might decide to go back, you know, say nasty things about me. So in some cases, uh, it might actually be a better move not to seek forgiveness as much as it might be a better move to ask God, you know, to, to bless you, to, you know, or, you know, ask God to grant you the best and such, right? Mm-hmm. Um, some of those times you have to evaluate what's the, what's the most effective choice to fix a bad situation. What about for the fourth one? Yeah. If, uh, okay, so the example was you said betrayal, okay? Yeah. So... Uh, my friend betrays me. Okay, yeah. um, what what do you do? Because I didn't talk about this. If the person you ask forgiveness for them and they say no, because we yeah. talked about this in the past with the other yeah. hadith, that that person, uh, like the the two people fighting the murderer, okay, like they don't have to say yeah. uh, it's okay for them. Well, not okay, but like. Uh, they're allowed to say, no, I don't forgive you. Yeah. It's better to forgive, yeah. but they don't have to. So what does Correct. that person do in that scenario where the person says, no, I do not forgive mm. you? So a couple possibilities. One is, over the course of time, keep requesting, right? Um, and maybe even negotiate. There are some stories in the past of a person who will say, I'll forgive you, but then you got to do all these other things. right? There's a famous case of a guy who eats an apple that belongs to someone else's property. Okay. And then he goes to the owner and says, you know, I ate this apple from your property. You know, like he, he, out of this orchard. Can you forgive me? And the guy says, I'll forgive you, but you have to work for me for 10 years. Okay. And so the guy who ate the apple says, okay. Right. And he says, and you have to marry my daughter. Okay. And the thing with my daughter is that she has no eyes, she has no ears, she has no hands, she has no feet, she has no tongue. Okay. If you do that, if you work for me for 10 years and you marry my daughter, I will forgive you. 
Okay, so that's how serious this person's desire is for forgiveness. For an apple, and that's how high of a price he has to pay for an apple. So he goes through the whole thing, and the man says, so he, meaning he, he, he works for like 10 years, and then the man says, okay, now you're going to marry my daughter. Okay, and so, the, so the guy says, okay. And then, uh, and now he's meeting his new wife. Okay, he hasn't even seen her yet. And she's stunningly beautiful. Okay. And then the guy says, your dad says you have no eyes, ears, etc., etc. Like, what do you mean? And then she says that what he meant was that when he said I, was, uh, I have no eyes, he meant I've never used my eyes to see sin. And when he said I'm mute, I've never used my tongue to say any sin. I've never heard any sin. I've never physically done any sin with my hands. I've never walked into any sin, right? And, and that's what he actually meant, right? And either the daughter or the, the father said the reason why, you know, he had him marry her daughter, his daughter, met this guy who ate the apple, because he saw that this guy was so upright uh, that he came clean about an apple, okay, that nobody would have noticed, and on top of that, he was willing to go through all these lengths just for the forgiveness. So the man thought, this guy is worthy of marrying my daughter. Right? Wow. And then as the legend goes, their child, uh, his name is Abdul Qadir Jilani, who went on to becoming one of the most important Muslims in all of Islamic history. Yeah. You know, who's the product of such upright parents. Mm-hmm. Right? Now the point for us is that, um, yeah, if, if you commit a sin against someone they can put a really high price on it. I'm not going to forgive you unless you do such and such. You don't have to agree to it, right? And it might seem completely unfair. Mm-hmm. Uh, but in the scales of the day of judgment, who, it's hard to determine what is truly unfair, right? Because if I tell you a lie in the worldly sense, um, and let's say it's like a harmless, seemingly harmless lie, in the worldly sense, it was just a sentence, right? But in the true big picture sense, a lie could be colossally bad, you know, from a spiritual perspective. We'll understand that on the Day of Judgment, right? So it may be that, you know, that you go to someone for forgiveness and they just say no. Okay. Then you just keep asking Allah to forgive you. So that's the one and only option is, well, two options. There's either, if they say no, I will not forgive you. The one thing is negotiate, and that goes back to the story Possibly. you just talked about. Yeah. And then if they don't want to negotiate, the second one is just going back to Allah and asking for forgiveness. Yes. Yeah since that person won't forgive you. Yeah. Those are the only two options. That's, the one. That's basically it. Wow. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, I mean, I remember in uh, uh, a rabbi was telling me that in their tradition, you asked three times, and then you fulfilled your obligation oh, wow. or your request. Um, and for us, there isn't anything like that. Yeah. Yeah. But um, uh, it's best to forgive, uh, but you're not obliged to. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. And so the Christian ethic is more you actually should forgive, yeah. right? Ours is you're not obliged to. Yeah. Yeah. All right, let's okay. continue then. Yeah. Uh, wait, oh, do you want to go on the 13th one, or I was going to finish? Th- yeah, uh, finish what you were doing first, yeah. The, those eyes. Okay, so we're here. But like, you already read these? Yeah, we already read these. Okay, uh, read those eyes again. Okay, so, uh, Allah the Exalted said, and all of you beg Allah to forgive you, O believers, that you may be successful. Seek the forgiveness of your Lord and turn to Him in repentance. 
O you who believe, turn to Allah with sincere repentance. Mm. So that's pretty straightforward, yeah. right? And think of how big repentance is. And another way to think about this is when you're seeking forgiveness, it's a statement of hope, mm. right? And so in a way, what we're saying is that never, ever give up hope about your future, especially about your salvation. The doorway to seek forgiveness is always open until the moment of your death. And even if you're in the moment of your death, you should still seek forgiveness because for all you know, you might not actually be dying at that moment, mm-hmm. right? But the point is that um, it is by definition saying you can never give up hope. Uh, that was the fundamental flaw of the devil. The devil became the devil when he didn't ask for forgiveness. Yeah, he said no. Yeah. Okay, let's look at uh, one of these hadith. Okay, 13. Uh, narrated by Abu Huraya, uh, I heard Allah's Messenger, Prophet Muhammad Sallallahu saying, I swear by Allah that I seek Allah's forgiveness and turn to Him in repentance more than 70 times a day. Okay. Wow. This is the Prophet, peace be upon him. Yeah. He has no sins. So that's interesting. So there's a few ways to think about this. One is that He is being a model for us, mm-hmm. right? He is constantly asking Allah, astaghfirullah, right? Over and over and over again. Now, when he's saying more than 70 times a day, 70 could mean many. So he could be constantly saying astaghfirullah, 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 right? Now, another possibility is that even though we see him as not committing a sin, Mm -hmm. for him, falling short of whatever it is he should be doing, uh, for him might be grounds to seek forgiveness of Allah, even though it's not a sin. So an example would be, he makes a mistake. Okay, so a sin is what? A sin is you disobey Allah. Okay? Um, but a mistake is, could be an error in judgment, um, but you haven't committed a mistake. Right? Mm-hmm. And so we have, for example, the case, the very famous case with the blind man, Abba Sawatawalla, right? The blind man comes to him asking for, for, for help because he wants to learn about the deen, and the Prophet says, peace be upon him, I'm paraphrasing, hold on, because the Prophet's trying to get the attention of this other person who's rich and influential, that if this person becomes Muslim, a whole lot of people will. And the blind man's waiting, and then he tugs at the Prophet, peace be upon him, and the Prophet looks at him and frowns. And the Prophet's frown is probably so subtle that you and I would probably not be able to see it. And the blind man definitely didn't see it. Yet the Prophet, peace be upon him, was then corrected with these ayahs, saying, you know, he frowned and turned away. And then more of the ayahs basically say, you know, when a person came to you asking for guidance, you know, um, that they, they weren't given attention while you were trying to get attention to someone who, for whom guidance is not going to benefit, right? And so the Prophet is not being uh, reprimanded, and he did not commit a sin in that moment. He is being corrected, okay? and, and in that moment, perhaps he is seeking forgiveness of Allah. Another way to think about it is that for someone at the level of the Prophet, peace be upon him, maybe a second of not thinking of Allah um, for the Prophet, peace be upon him, might be a moment of falling short. Mm-hmm. Uh, but in any case, he's asking Allah for forgiveness 70 times a day. Right? And if he's the Prophet, peace be upon him, then I should definitely be asking for forgiveness. You know, in one part, because my, st- my conduct is of much lower standards than his, and then on top of that, that's his model. Yeah. Um, you want to continue or want to stop? It's up to you if you want to go see the speaker. Uh, let's stop right here. Okay. Yeah.
Okay, so next time we'll do... Um, I'm okay with doing the next one. It's, if you want to see that speaker. Yeah, we should probably... Yeah, I'll probably go there. Okay. All right, so so for next time we'll do Hadith 14, inshallah. Yeah, 14 and 15 are very short. Oh, no, 15 is long. Okay, 14 yeah. is like that little small thing. Because what I'm also realizing is that we should also do a recap of the first chapter, too. Oh, my God. Overall, what did yeah. you get out of this? Yeah, yeah, exactly. Okay. Alright, subhanakallahumma bihamdika nashadu illa ilaha illa anta nastaghfiruka natubi ilayk wa akhir da'wana anna alhamdulillahi rabbil alameen.